it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh! record for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. Happy Monday, all you fine Buckeye fans. Hope you had a great weekend. Good to be here with you. I'm Timmy Hall, and good to see Baker back there running the update desk, running things here tonight. And to my right, our Buckeye football expert from the podcast, Dotting the Eyes. He is Austin Ward. Austin, thanks for being here, buddy. It's always a pleasure to be with you, Timmy. It's a pleasure to have you. And we're in this time right now where we're waiting for this Buckeye bowl game to hit. There's a lot that's going to go on between now and then signing day just sort of creeps up on you here. It's like we've been living it. Yeah. I mean, you got to be excited for Wednesday afternoon, don't you? (laughs) I mean, dominoes are already falling. The way that this thing has worked, you see Dylan Rayola just committed. uh, He flipped again uh, and he's going to Nebraska. So this stuff is happening already. Like the quiet period is supposed to be going on Monday and Tuesday. You know, they're, the coaches come off the road after going to make their visits. And you think, all right, well, whew, deep breath and maybe just hang on tight till you get to Wednesday. And then, boom, one big one happens. Ohio State's trying to hold on to a bunch of pieces at the top, namely Jeremiah Smith, the five-star wide receiver. Uh, so it's a stressful time. There's not a lot that Ohio State can do except, you know, keep their phones at the ready. Uh, but you see that some of the stuff is happening in the buildup towards Wednesday. And, and I, there's promise, I promise there's going to be a lot more because the people who are – dropping off the bags of cash or sending checks out. They don't have any rules about who they can't and can't communicate with up until Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, I would say buckle up and get ready for uh, maybe some fireworks. Maybe Ohio State will get through it without anything. The way that they handle their business, they tend to avoid a lot of late drama. But you just never know in this era of college football. You said no rules back there. What about Matt rules? Because mm. you look at this, and this just happened. We were bracing for this. We are talking about it a little bit last week. It's true now. <laughs> it's true now, I say that. So just I thought be it was ready be... for it to not be true with the way this <laughs> game goes. But Dylan Rayola commits to Nebraska, so you're only assuming that he's going to make it to National Signing Day. What does National Signing Day even mean these days? But Nothing. what are your thoughts on that? This guy's going to Nebraska now. This is a that's a huge difference from going to a ready-made ship like Georgia, and now he's at some mid-tier Big Ten program that has to climb out of the literal dark ages for what their program was used to, which was living at the top of the mountain, winning national championships, and they've been one of those programs. Maybe. Uh, it wouldn't even be fair to put them next to Notre Dame because Notre Dame has had some decent success. Nebraska hasn't really been able to sniff that. They've been trying to figure out a way to win the get Big to Ten. Ten wins, win, even. yeah, or not win even the West. Win, not even win a Big Ten. Yeah, just get, get to the to championship Indy. game. Yeah, it's I. This is not meant to uh, pat myself on the back or my colleague Jeremy Birmingham. The day that Dylan Rayola decommitted from Ohio State, I said, no matter what happens with all this stuff about Georgia. I am putting down a marker right now that Dylan Rayola will wind up in Nebraska. They were, they've been all in in the NIL front, playing up the legacy. His uncle's on the coaching staff. He mysteriously got a raise. Well, good you know, call, and, man. And, and and look, that's not about. It's not really about that. Georgia. No, hold on. I think it is. This, okay. I don't what think this is what you what? wanted. Okay. It's a good job, twice, Austin. Twice in the first segment. <laughs> I, I mean, look, you can get the predictions wrong, uh, but this felt like it was inevitable for him. There's an opportunity. There's a family tie. His dad 
we we know everything that he accomplished there, Hall of Fame career w- with the Cornhuskers. I mean, it was. I think that this was bound to happen. And Georgia, you know, for all of their Stetson Bennett success and and Carson Beck also uh, making an announcement of his own today that he would be coming back. They they've just not been able to develop five star quarterbacks, keep them, and it hasn't kept them from winning at a high level. Uh, and they probably aren't batting an eye about this loss, really, uh, despite all the lofty praise and being one of the you know top recruits, if not the top recruit in the country in Dylan Rayola. But I thought that this was going to happen. It did happen. Does it change the fortunes and the outlook for Nebraska? I tend to doubt it. Let's talk about the big one here, though, Austin. Kyle McCord is going to Syracuse. Of all programs that you thought he was going to end up at, and I might be different than most here because what everybody's going to first look at is this guy was QB1 at Ohio State. And so we have perceptions about that with where he played. But I think when guys, uh, I think when, you know, head coaches out there are thinking about who they're going to bring in next, they're not just thinking about what team did he play for. You've got to actually look more at who the player is. What can he actually do for you? And I thought of this pretty much instantly after Kyle McCord announced his transfer. I was already thinking about it before he announced his transfer because I knew in my heart they were not going to be able to, in good faith, just gift him the starting job mm-hmm. and just say, you know, you're our guy. You're our guy until proven otherwise. No, I couldn't I couldn't feel that in my heart. He didn't play well enough to just keep the position at a place as good as Ohio State. We're playing that position exceptionally is paramount to what happens in a season. So I, I knew that this would maybe be a different path than most people expected. You look and see he's the, you know, 10th ranked quarterback in the transfer portal market. Okay. Somewhere around that, how much of that is built up by his association with Ohio state. But a lot of people were miffed at this and I didn't really expect Kyle McCord to end up at some juggernaut of a program and here he's at Syracuse, and so some people kind of digest that. And I, I wonder if if this went differently than Kyle thought would happen. We heard some things about how much money he was looking for and what kind of situation, and, and he's going to talk about how much he loves the coaching staff and some of the other guys that he knows who are at Syracuse. I feel wherever you land up, you're going to then be all in on it before you go to the microphone, and right, you're going to be comfortable and confident in your decision. But I'm just curious, what did you know about this and – what, what were your thoughts on where Kyle ended up? Well, the conversation about looking for money is not one that your Kyle McCord or anybody else involved, his agents, uh, his family, they're not saying, hey, Ohio State, this is what a starting quarterback is worth. That was not what the conversation was like uh, because it was about the assurance to start next year. And that was the first point that you made there, Timmy, because if you become guaranteed and say that you're the starting quarterback again at Ohio State, the money will not be coming all of the money will not be coming from Ohio State collectives or certainly not from Ohio State itself. That is going out there to he had d- deals this year with car dealerships, an expensive car. He had Roback. He had these other d- national deals. That's where the I've the McCord family, the agency, Kyle McCord saying 11 and one, 12 and one overall, number eight QBR, these things. I feel like I should be guaranteed that job. And it wasn't about it in a specific dollar amount. But once you go back into the portal, then it becomes a different experience. And programs like Syracuse or Nebraska or Duke that needed quarterbacks and had a certain amount of money to offer, that becomes a different conversation. All of this could have been very different, though. Tim, you said, 
doesn't surprise you. And he didn't do enough to be guaranteed that starting job moving forward. And I don't know that that's an indictment on Kyle McCord as much as a a bet on the future for Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz for Ohio State that they want to keep that battle going into the spring. Mm -hmm. But if one play is different, there's, there's literally no way that you're sitting here saying that right now. If one play is different, you wouldn't be saying they didn't get the level of quarterback play they needed. They would have won in Ann Arbor with one more play. They would have gone to Indy the next week. They'd be playing in the college football playoff. None of this would have happened. Isn't that, one isn't play. that, isn't so, that crazy? So how, I, that's I, where we, how that's where we're at with but, but that two, game? Yes, but two things can be true. You can be right that he didn't play at a level where Oregon had to beat down his door or you know, Oklahoma had to beat down his door. Anybody that needed a quarterback mm-hmm. at the highest level, they didn't do that. So I would agree to that point. You know, saying that the Ohio State quarterback is winding up talking you know, talking to Nebraska and Syracuse or Duke, Michigan also reached out to him as a potential option for next year. You d- you don't think about that being the conversation Ohio State quarterbacks need to be in, but at the same time, I don't think that you can look back at what he did as a complete disaster without the full context. So it it's a hard one, and to wrap your mind around it sounds like excuse making. I don't mean it that way at all. I think no, multiple no. things can be true at the no, same time. I don't think that's that's what's so fascinating about this run because great quarterback play does not necessarily have to be forty touchdown passes. You know, mm-hmm. it's just I, the, the thing that I continue to say up here. I'm consistent in how I talk about consistency. That's what <laughs> that's what that's what playing quarterback at a high level is all about. Yeah. It's not about the high level throws you can make. It's about when you're in the toughest spots in a football game. What what kind of player pops up? You know what? And, and I think there's some things there with. The pocket presence, the footwork, it comes back to mobility for me, too, where you just want a guy that's got a little bit more mobility. And and you're right. What, what you said back there is true, and that is the thin line where we are with this program. And I think we've been on this thin line for a long time now where they recruit at the top of the pile, they win all the games they're supposed to win, and they've even played pretty well in the bigger ones that fans are upset that they haven't won. They've come really, really close, but they just haven't gotten over that hump again since 2014. And that's what it's about. And I, I hope, I hope he does. I hope he does well. Like, look, I, I also say this consistently when guys leave, it, this is not, it's never a good riddance. It's never a sayonara unless you really had a problem player. And this was a good guy. And and he tried to do right by the team and tried to, he did his best, right? He did his best. He just was judged based off the guys that came right before him. <laughs> you, never, that's tough, you don't want to be the guy after that's, the guy. That's where it is. And I don't know if Devin Brown, you know, it's, it remains to be seen. And we'll talk about that coming up here. But it was, it was definitely the talk of the weekend. And some people, you could just feel it. Like when Kyle McCord went to Syracuse and I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't intend for that to sound like dumping on him for being at Syracuse. No, that's just. Well, it's it's the, a six and six program. It's the Nebraska of the Northeast, and that yeah, and that's that's where he's going. And I don't know. And people have looked at the schedule and how they might be able to win there. It, it remains to be seen. Like I don't know. I don't know if Kyle McCord's going to be the guy that's going to throw you know thirty five touchdown passes there. It might numbers wise, it probably looks about the same for what it was here. That's just my, that's just my thought on him. We'll see what happens. Maybe he's got to go, you know, he's got to start the process over himself with a, you know, new coach, new system, all that new teammates, the whole thing. He's not going to be throwing to Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka. We know that even with Syracuse making some aggressive 
uh, you know, portal additions, and they're not completely devoid of talent on that team, but it's not even remotely close to the supporting cast that anybody would have at Ohio State. Well, you got the ghosts of Marvin's dad there at Syracuse Ooh. there, so that could be a thing. But we'll keep talking about the the future of the quarterback position. So we'll talk about the three guys that we know that Ohio State has going into 2024. Austin Ward is in. You guys have the Buckeye Show on the fan. Scarlet and Gray 24-7. Or however long the show is tonight. You're listening to the Buckeye Show on the fan. Timmy Hall and Austin Ward hanging out with you guys tonight. We are indeed sponsored by our good friends at CareSource. Ryan Baker back there producing things. We got the college football pulse coming up at 7 o'clock where one coach was just going on and on about his whole idea for the future of college football. So we'll listen to that. Some Maybe some interesting points in there. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll nitpick at that. Well, that won't matter. Just because you have an interesting point doesn't mean that college football is going to take it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> college football won't be taking it. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. But it's like a whole you know structure for what it could look like one day. So we're talking about the Ohio State quarterback situation and Kyle McCord's transfer to Syracuse. That's where he winds up. So Ohio State's not going to be seeing the Syracuse orange on the schedule next year. That would have been nifty. If there was some, I think there was a time is a BC game still on the schedule for some point in the future. Do they get that one off of there yet? I can't remember. I, it feels like that one came off. I feel like it did too. We're actually going to talk about the 20 at uh, the 24 schedule later on in the hour. It's, it's definitely not next year, but if it were a program like that, that would have made for a very interesting story. Like when he was taking a peek at, at Nebraska, Nebraska. That would have been a big storyline to have those guys coming here. If you had Julian Fleming and Kyle McCord possibly on the same Big Ten football team trying to rack up some yards and some touchdowns in what your a, stadium. What always. a world we're talking about now. Yeah, I mean, that's just where it is. Crazy. Yeah, but right now you've got a guy that people want to be a, a phenom in the future and Aaron Oland, who is the O natural high school football recruit that you know they've been trying to keep nice with and make the visits when Dylan Rayola was out of there, you needed another option. So that became Aaron Noland. And then of course you've got Lincoln Keenholes, Mr. Underwear ads. He's like a three sport star, right? US, one of these USA today, like all, you know, three sport athlete of the year guys in high school, a Dakota dude. So that's kind of cool. And then of course, Devin Brown, the self-proclaimed starter at the Ohio state university, ready to rock and roll in the cotton bowl. So we've got some things to watch again. Like I said, from the beginning, the cotton bowl has juice. Now that you are watching the future of the most important position of sports for your football team. And between those three guys, what's your, what's your gut right now, Austin, or from the people that you've talked to, does, does Devin Brown really need to go out there and have a stellar game to take a big lead in a quarterback race next year? I don't I don't think it will come down to that, Timmy. And by the time the 29th rolls around, we'll probably all treat it that way. Like it's a do or die audition. But it's not. I'm trying to make sure that I do not approach the way I evaluate Devin Brown in that game through that lens. Because he's not likely to have Marvin Harrison. He will definitely not have Julian Fleming. It's possible that Cade Stover's injuries might not allow him to play. We don't know what the situation is going to be in the backfield with Travion Henderson, but we know that Mayan Williams won't be there. We know that Chip Trainum won't be there. We know that Evan Pryor won't be there. Point is that this is not the full-fledged Ohio State offense. If he carves up Missouri, maybe we can put a little bit more stock in that. And Because and of who he does it without. Because of who he does it without and, and, the, and who he's doing it against. Missouri is a good team. 
I'm, I'm more talking about if he struggles, it will not be, oh, gosh, Ohio State's got to jump back into the transfer portal. That's it. I mean, he is still young. The things that we talked about with Kyle McCord this year about being a, a first-year starter and the difficulty sometimes of learning in offense and getting those reps and that experience and, and growing in confidence, like that'll still be true for Devin Brown, and he'll be doing that potentially without Marvin Harrison Jr. So I think the reps are important. I think the experience, and if they're, if you see some of the throws like the one he made to Brandon Ennis against Purdue, if you see some of the those highs, yeah, by all means, it's okay to get excited about that. If it's not a perfect outing from start to finish, I don't think that that means Ohio State has to rethink the whole portal approach and, and jump back in with some guys who are in there or not in there. If Michael Pratt goes into the transfer portal, I believe Ohio State would look take a hard look at that. Barring that, I don't think that there's anything else that would convince Ryan Day, Mark Pantone, the Ohio State Brain Trust to say, we don't have guys that can get the job done. They picked all three of them. You know, they want to see them compete. And Devin Brown hasn't had an opportunity to really do that since the middle of the year. And when he got in against Purdue and they had the red zone package, you could see the opportunity could potentially be there for him to grow and take the next step. He's healthy now. He's going to have an opportunity likely to play a full game. Let's let's see what it looks like, but do it with an open mind is the way I'm trying to approach it. Yeah, no, I think you have to, right? It's just... It's it's just the season that you're coming off here and and losing the Michigan game three straight years. You could tell that the fan base is just bloodthirsty to see these numbers fly up. And and to your point, it's probably too much to ask because this will be the first big. It's a big football game, and to be going into this one a Cotton Bowl, and a lot of people treat it like it's some some pushover nothing contest. But as you mentioned, you think Missouri is not going to be taking this thing seriously. Eli Drinkwitz, as funny as that dude is, but they want to go out there and get their shot at the Buckeyes. And when you've got all these all these dudes that are possibly, you know, sifting through their NFL decisions or injuries, like you said, completely different Ohio State offense, and you're getting a dress rehearsal in a in a very, very tough ball game. So I completely agree with you. Whatever we whatever we say though, it's going to have everybody pointing to either Lincoln Keenholes if Devin Brown plays and doesn't play that well. It's like, oh, that's why I wanted to see that guy a little bit. Or yeah. you know, a true freshman could could a true freshman possibly start at Ohio State? It doesn't happen a whole lot, but it doesn't mean it can never happen. It's just going to bring uh, a lot more craziness into the off season. Whatever, whatever Ohio State does, they'll just be business as usual, dealing with a lot of noise, which they know how to operate with because they do it all the time. Yeah, I would say it's unlikely that Lincoln Keenholz is going to play much of a role against Missouri, and I don't think it would be fair to expect that of him. I, I've I've made this point to you on the show before, Timmy, about like not having the spring. He's a phenomenal athlete. You said multi-sport athlete, throwing down crazy basketball dunks, hitting softball home runs with the Buckeyes over the summer, the whole deal. You used to be able to do that. Uh, you know, those days are long gone, yeah, but not yeah. and never. You're, at great, the, you're a great dunker. And never at the level of a Lincoln Keenholz, to be clear, as if I even needed to say it. But it, this was, this is even newer for him. And so when I'm saying this stuff about Devin Brown, he's much closer, more experienced, extra year. He's the one now that's got that edge uh, over the rest of the guys in the room. I don't think that there's really anything that he can do in the Cotton Bowl to squander that. It wouldn't be fair, in my estimation, for that to be the be-all, end-all uh, breakdown of him, nor do I think it would be a great situation to throw Lincoln Keenholz out there against a top-ten opponent in the Cotton Bowl 
everyone's going to be watching. Anytime Ohio State plays, you know that everyone is watching. It's in that primetime spot there on the 29th. So it's a it's a big ask for Devin Brown. I know that he's not intimidated by it. You know, talk to him pretty in depth about that last week and the opportunity he has. He knows that it can be a breakout, but he also knows like that's a pretty big stage for your first start. He's just got a here. Here he was. This he, this was from last week. You were mentioning feels like he's bringing that ball of energy to the club right now. Um, he, he felt like my leadership and energy was was very good. Um, I felt like I, I kind of bring an energy to the team, especially when I'm playing. That you know, I feel like I can rally guys around me. So that was definitely a positive. Um, but just staying consistent and not trying to you know get out of my game and just taking everything and being routine with everything. You just got to be yourself. You know, go out there, be confident. The guy that you're hearing right there change of pace type of quarterback you were you had some packages installed in this offense for a reason so go out there and be that guy be that guy and try to move the football in different types of ways when uh, they play this game on December 29th there's a serious love-hate relationship going on in college football we're living right in it now tell you what I'm talking about next Austin Ward is in it's the Buckeye show on the fan just counting down the days to March Madness back to the Buckeye show Timmy Hall, Austin Ward tonight. All you fine Buckeye fans, thank you so much for listening this evening. Mr. Menthol himself, Ryan Baker, running things. How's the studio smelling back there? Fresh? I think this one smells pretty good today. I thought the crew studio was smelling a little stale earlier today, but this one smells good. Then you go over there, stand in it. For about what? 10 minutes. Took my sweatshirt off and rubbed it on a couple things over there. It'll be good. <laughs> Spruce it up. <laughs> Very good. Smell, it's just smells a nice like pine, pine tree. Yeah. <laughs> pine nice tree air freshener. Pine scent to it. Just, you know, clean the, you see, you seem like a guy that cleans the countertops in your kitchen a lot. Uh, well, I've been here so much. They've been neglected. I actually did it Saturday because I had some time, but it's the first time they'd been touched in a while. Oh, geez, Ryan. Saturday. We're here on Monday. That's got to be that's got to be done every single day. After every meal, you've got to give the countertops a spray. That's I why mean, the countertops out there in the lobby are so clean. My my car is my <laughs> table. Yeah. My car is my table. That's where I eat nowadays. So, <laughs> Do you keep a tray? In your car at all times, like the common man? I do not. No? No, that's too much. That's a good move, though. Just yeah. just have it stashed in the back seat or in the trunk. So if you're going to be a connoisseur of eating at fast food windows and you want it hot and fresh, that's the thing he always yells at me when I get something from a fast food restaurant and then drive to the place. I'm supposed to eat it right there. Right there, right now. Part of fast food is I don't have time to sit there and eat it. I got to go. I know. I know. But you know what is actually fun? And I'll do this with my son from time to time. Me and the Bengal Jack will will have a little have a little date and we'll go inside the McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And that's fun. I mean, we do that. Try to do it once a month. We get a nice booth. Yeah. It's like we're kings just sitting in there in the Mickey D's. Liberty loves it uh, at the Chick-fil-A by our house there on Sawmill. You know, play area. Feel like you're. You know, back in 1995 again, go hang out. Of course, I haven't been there in a while for reasons, but uh, I'm looking forward to that opportunity in a couple of weeks again to take her out and, and eat a grilled chicken, fried That's, chicken, fried chicken, hot chicken sandwich, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you and uh, I can't even remember what they're called the, now. The, the disappearing Austin Ward has uh, to have the grilled chicken. He can't have like, the real thing. Can have some grilled man. nuggets or something, right? Just, they, just cheat, yeah. man. They told just, me I, I just they, cheat. Just do it. They just told one. me I could, but like, what? I, I would be. <laughs> If you go in there and you smell the waffle fries and you see the Chick-fil-A sauce uh, and you get a whiff of that grill going. Oh, man. 
Throwing a milkshake with it. And I mean, just there's just no, there's just no way that I've done. A, I've been great with the willpower, but I know the limits of my abilities. A going into man. a going into a Chick Fil A would not happen. I will. I will say the indoor experience at a at a Chick is great. They, it is up there. You want to be you want to be treated like a king, Timmy. That's where you. I go. I mean, they serve you. They're, Come on in. They bring the now, food to you. It's a fast food spot. You go up to a counter and order, but then they you don't even make you go the to the counter anymore. Like, please go find yeah, well, your yeah, seat. If well, if you're on the app, you just punch in the number that's on the They'll table. Bring right their there. iPad over. Like, no, please make yourself comfortable. You know what was when great you're here about your family. You know what the great fast food inventions was, and I, I could give, I could give them credit. Maybe they didn't invent it, but I, it's the first place I remember seeing them. The ketchup cups mm. that are either the dipping thing or the squeeze. What an unbelievable invention. Those little packets of ketchup. See, if the McDonald's or the Burger Kings used to have the pumps and the little uh, white paper cups. Those are a disaster. Well, they're better than the little packages of it where you had to like, you know, get your thumb and fingernail in and and spray open. Then you're just squeezing ketchup onto some piece of paper on top of a plastic tray. It's like you're an animal. It's like you're some kind of animal trying to dip your French fries in them. But those little cup things that are in Chick-fil-A. Beautiful. Amazing. Timmy, this is not fair what we're doing to Austin Ward right now. We're trying to test every ounce of willpower he has, and that's just not right for us to do. I I disagree with you because if he can't eat it, then talking about it would be the next best thing. Baker, don't do this to me on Wednesday night, okay? I will not. I promise I will not. (laughs) We will only talk about healthy foods on on Wednesday night. No, let's just talk about ball. We should just do the, we should just do the Chick-fil-A segment on Sundays, right? It's like how the Atlanta Falcons have the Chick-fil-A in, uh, in their football stadiums. Like great, great call. Let's do that. So you got to bring this up before I, before I talk about the thing that's such a, so love hate right now in college football that I'm sure every coach in America has thoughts on and will Mm -hmm. be asked about this week. You were saying something about the Cotton Bowl coming up. Reminded you of a previous Cotton Bowl. Yeah, the last time Ohio State was there, and it was, you know, the reasons were obviously different, but I was, I'm was i talking about and thinking about the challenge for Devin Brown if if the offense is a little bit shorthanded, and, and that wasn't entirely the case when the Buckeyes were there the last time in Dallas for that against USC, but JT Barrett was not at full strength. He He desperately wanted to play, and given everything that he had provided to the program over the years, you're not going to tell him no. If, if he wanted to play, he'd gone through the surgery. He had the, you know, cameraman situation before the game or, yeah, right before the game in the big house. Like, he wanted to play. He went through it. You know, it, it got ugly and it was difficult. But the defense rose to the challenge. They were working through an opt-out situation. That was the first time that Ohio State had dealt with that. Denzel Ward, you know, the Willie won't he. It seemed pretty clear that he wasn't going to do that in the build-up to the game. He officially announced a, and put out a statement, I think, like, 10 minutes before kickoff is when Ohio state confirmed it. That was the first time that they had mm. gone through that process. They got a lot better at it uh, two years ago for the Rose bowl. And it's like, okay, here's the deal for these guys. This is what practice is going to look like. And, and he was, a, the opportunity. he was a public enemy. What are we doing? Where's your passion? Don't you care? Don't you care about your teammates? And it was, and now we all know. It's the same deal. Like it's life now. It's the way it goes. It's part of it. Ohio State. I got it back then. Yeah, I think I backed him back then. If when you're going to be a like, top, this makes sense. You're going to be a top pick. 10, top ten, top five pick. And I feel the same way about Marvin Harrison Jr. Jalen Smith had already happened. Yeah, that and, was still fresh. And, and you can we can name other guys. I mean, that's 
but Ohio State had seen that directly in what was that the 2015 Fiesta Bowl. They were in that with game. Notre Dame. Yeah. They, like they were, you know, I watched it happen and how devastating that was. Like I think it would just be really bad advice. I know how much Denzel Ward wanted to play one more time at Ohio State. I know that Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave felt the same way before the Rose Bowl. I know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is feeling that right now, but man, he's going to be the first non-quarterback drafted. I'm almost certain of it. I Place your wagers on it right now. And any anyone telling him, hey, man, if that's what you want to do, go do it, that's bad advice. Marv can't play in this game. I, I know that nobody likes to hear it. What are you talking about, man? $24, 25000000 million waiting for him next year? <laughs> God. 30, don't, don't ruin it. Okay. Yeah, we, I, want, we want to get him that money. <laughs> what? Gonna the be the NIL year. package that doesn't exist? That yeah, one? of course. Yeah. I think I'd take the 35 mil guaranteed that does Austin? exist. I, 25 I million for a one-year deal when hey, you can't stay after that? I know it's a hot take. I'm just, I'm going to stand <laughs> on it. Marv should not play. I want to watch him one more time in the Scarlet and Gray. I, it's Marv is not playing. Okay. <laughs> okay. He's not playing. He's too nice of a guy. He doesn't want to let anybody down. I think that's where the the time is spent here, where he's processing it, and he just man's I, the man's earned his opportunity to take his time and do it at his own pace, without question. And he, all of them have, not just Marv, where we it's almost a foregone conclusion. But if you look at the rest of these, you know the the seven eight guys that we talked to last week during Cotton Bowl practice, and they came out and said opting in, opting in, opting in. Not talking about twenty twenty four yet, although the signs are there for most of those. They, they don't have to rush it just because the transfer portal is open, just because the early signing period starts on Wednesday. The guys that you want are the NFL caliber talents who are already on your roster. Let right, them, right. let them take their time and do what they want. I don't, I don't see any issue with that whatsoever. By the way, this game script, looking at that God, cotton like, bowl classic ugly. number was, eight USC versus number five, Ohio state back in the 2017, 2017. season, right? 2017 season. JT, 11 for 17, mentioned he was ouchy, he was gimpy, 114 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He had 16 carries for 66 yards, two touchdowns. He ran for two touchdowns, okay. The only touchdowns of the football game for the Ohio State offense. That's right. It was 24-7 was the final. Sam Slingin' Darnold, Sammy Slingin' Darnold had zero touchdown passes and a pick. 356 yards, though, on 45 attempts, so he was... Moving the football, he he flashed like you thought he would. He flashed some of that high-end NFL talent. But again, consistency-wise, wasn't always there. And that one pick, yep, that was a Damon Webb pick six, where you mentioned he jumped a slant route. All the scoring was done by the end of the second quarter. 24-7 at the half, 24-7 final. Ugly, ugly football game that Ohio State won. That second half was just such a slog, and it's like, all right, let's get this over. It felt like USC had tapped out fully. Like they weren't going to compete. There was a pretty impressive collection of talent out there for the Ohio State defense in that game too. So it wasn't like it was going to be easy. Even without Denzel Ward out there, you, you're talking about elite corners and really talented linebackers and, and everybody knows about some of the defensive linemen that were part of that group. So it that was a... A weird one for sure. So that and fast food conversation took over where I was teasing. So you, you've stayed with us here. You you enjoy it, right? I mean, right? And that's the show. You enjoy it. it we can still do it later. We're, do, we're doing it next. Yeah. I just kick it, kick it down one more. So I'll give you an extra tease on top of that. I was talking about the early signing period, and there's a lot of interesting things that go either way about what we do. What were Ryan Day's recent comments about this early signing period that we're about to enter? That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. 
Judas is their homeboy. This is the Buckeye Show. So this is going to be really interesting the way you know this part of college football goes forward with everything else. I mean, we, we talk about NIL. We talk about the transfer portal. We talk about conference realignment and the college football playoff expanding and everything. Everything is going on right now. And then you get to this week and you remember, oh, yeah, there's this other thing that's just such a divide in college football. And the recruiting calendar, the recruiting calendar has been such a thing. I can imagine your your guy, Berm, just goes to bed at night, like thinking about, oh, God, December window, February window. What can we do? You know, let him sign contracts, whatever. Just how can we figure this out? Because I I had to go looking today to see some of what Ryan Day's most recent comments were. And he was on, I want to say he was on one of uh, one of these podcasts a, a year ago. I believe it was with Joel Klatt in Joel, the summer. So Joel Klatt in the summer, and he basically, it wasn't like Ryan Day said that he, he loved this early signing period because you think about these big programs, right? And, and why would this be a headache? You're trying to juggle so many flipping things at the same time. You are trying to keep tabs on 23 to, you know, 26 guys, and then maybe a couple others on top of that, that hang in the balance that you think you can flip or do something with. You're looking at the transfer portal. You're thinking about, you know, damage control. If you think there needs to be with a guy like Kyle McCord, leaving your program, you have a QB one that's just walked out of your team. People are asking questions. You're dealing with the noise. You're dealing with the fan base on social media, all of that. It's just in prepping for a bowl game. And it might be a college football playoff game. It seems insane that they would have made this decision to have a signing day right in the middle of it. But they did. And Ryan actually said, as we sit here right now, I'm in favor as hard as it is. He put that, those words in there as hard as it is of keeping kind of keeping things consistent right now. And that certainly Austin seemed like more of a lesser of two evils way to explain it. I, my sense from conversations with Ryan day about this and other issues is more that it's not that he thinks that this is a good solution. Cause I don't think that anybody in the midst of it believes that they solved the problem, a problem that by the way, didn't really exist in having signing day in February. Uh, now it became more complicated when you had, the wave of early enrollees and showing up for winter workouts. But guess what? There was already an option in place for you to do that and work around the February signing period. But a lot of people wanted move it up, let guys who are ready to commit, ready to sign, secure their places. And rather than doing that in August, like, you know what? Here's the perfect spot. Middle December. Middle of bowl month. And we already know what happened. It sped up the coaching carousel. You saw people getting fired earlier and earlier. Lane Kiffin on the tarmac. Well, you got to get your coaching staff in place. They got to be able to recruit in December. Everybody signing in December now. I completely spaced on one of the biggest things yeah. wrong with it, and that's with the coaching carousel it, it, aspect. And that changed everything. And it was so. I think that was an unintended consequence that I think most people probably could have predicted was going to happen, but they didn't know for sure till they got to that point. So I think what Ryan Day wants is a settling period. Not just for this, but every issue in college football. They So many rules changed at once, including the transfer portal, which is now going on at the same time as the early signing period, including coaches, coaching changes and all these other things, and, and the college football playoff expanding. And next year, by the way, there will be 12 teams that are in December trying to deal with the portal window being open and NFL draft decisions and preparing for the game and, and signing day and, prob- and 
you know, other coaches trying to be wooed off their step. All these things are happening at once. And there's going to be, you know, three times as many teams involved with high leverage games still to play. You know, Ohio State is in a position right now. They don't want to be in it. They can manage it better than they have in years past because they don't have to play a playoff game. It has not made it any easier because there is so much uncertainty. But I think where Ryan Day is coming from at this point is like, this is not the ideal time to do it or way to do it. But what if they make it worse by changing it again? Like, what if the NCAA is like, you know what? You're right. They should have the uh, the option to do this in August. And then rather than just removing December, they say, well, guess what? Now you have August, December, and February to sign. Well, then you made life... It's, it's too many. Ten yeah, times more yeah, complicated. You just, there's going to be the, the same issues with how these youngsters are changing their mind constantly and now playing the NIL game. I fully understand what Ryan Day is settling. We need to get to a point in linear time here where we just decide what the F we're doing. These are the rules. That's what it is. You just got to decide what are you as a league? What are you as a sport? Where are we at? You know, and then then you can maybe all get in a room together, have a guy that's in charge or a gal that's in charge, and, and then you do this because you're right. It's so much about that right now. It's just, it's money all over the place. And I agree with you. It's long since been time where they've got to be employees of some type. It's the only solution. You can have an employer employee type of relationships. Every conversation we have about the recruiting calendar, about NIL inducements, about the transfer portal, about any player movement, any coach movement, everything that's happening in college football and all the headaches that come with the most, the month of December specifically, but really all of it, every, it has become a 365-day-a-year sport, which is great for me, someone who loves college football. But the way the rosters are being managed is NFL-style turnover at this point, when you can go anywhere for free and you can change. You know, and, and The players should make money. I'm not, I was in favor of it before. I'm in favor of it now. They are the ones that are earning it on the field. No issues with it whatsoever. But again, it was another change that the NCAA approved and went into with no idea, seemingly, even though everyone else told him, well, this is what's going to happen. You just made recruiting inducements legal. Like, no, surely not. We just, we're going to put it in the bylaws that you can't do that. <laughs> you just can't do that, Tennessee. Still, we're still going to do it. Guess what? Well, They're going to do it. We're, uh, we're still going to be a year-long sport no matter what happens. That's you true. better believe it because whether we get to contracts and paying them, the recruiting is going to be just the same. It's there's going to be a lot of recruiting and you're still going to have to go out there. It's like any, any company, any job, you go and recruit your talent and bring them there. And it'll be wild to see how that works. Cause then you get into contract situations and you know, guys that don't work out, could be released from their contracts or you could get extensions for great play. You could have disgruntled employees. It could be back to old school type football where coaches can discipline players that, you know, are breaching or just not fulfilling what, what they're supposed to do. All of these changes have been halfway measures dancing around the fact that that is what has to happen for college athletics, period. They've been trying to fight it for years and years and years. They've known they even had a proposal for it 22 years ago. Hey, we're probably gonna have to do this at some point. No, kick it down the road. Stop waiting. Like they keep coming up with ways Stop to kick waiting. the can. Like they, you're gonna have to do it, Period. It's time. It really is. It's time to do this. One of Ryan Day's buddies 
has the whole future since we're talking about this. He's got the whole future of college football figured out, so we're done. We'll tell you what we're talking about next as we keep our finger on the college football pulse. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. It's time for the College Football Pulse on the Buckeye Show. Sponsored by The Waterworks. Trusted and certified plumbing, drain, heating, and cooling experts. Visit online at thewaterworks.com. Timmy Hall, Austin Ward, Hour 2 of the Buckeye Show. Heading towards Christmas. Wow. One week from the day. When football season starts, boys, Christmas is here. The year's over, and then we wake up, it's January, and then a couple weeks later, it's March Madness, and then it's it's Masters Week. Yep. (laughs) Then it's all over, Austin, then it's back and do it all over again in 2024. Good. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. No wonder you hate vacation so much. Oh, yeah. Uh, Always looking ahead to the next thing. Vacation is the worst. It's over. (laughs) It's over the day it begins. (laughs) Why even go? That's what I mean. You're a working man, Ryan. You want to work every day. I mean, I don't, but I do because I have to. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy this, though. You know that, Timmy. I love this just like you do. Man's so. got man's got his three level house. He lives there alone. <laughs> He's like Bruce Wayne, just walking around naked to different wings of his house. There's a, there's a fourth level down there you don't know about if he's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it's where I keep the Jeter gift bags. <laughs> That's yeah, <right>. Jeets. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the women's basketball team off to a good start there. That's a yeah. huge game. Well, FS, FS1 tw- if you want to tune in, I believe. 24-23 now. So it's been a close game back and forth. So. That's a 9-0. and oh, it's, I feel like Ohio State's schedule these last couple years, they just play the biggest games the entire non-conference. It's like Tennessee, UConn, South Carolina's all the biggest programs they wind up on the Buckeyes schedule. We did get a note that Ohio State is opening up more seats for the Iowa game next month. So Caitlin Clark is coming. There will be upper bowl tickets. They were about, I think they were at 9,500 that they had already sold for that game. Like right away it sold out. There are going to be more tickets available for the Iowa game in, uh, in Columbus next month. Makes no sense that that was even a question. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Why would that even been blocked off for starters? It's it's Iowa basketball and yeah. the and, and it's Ohio State women's basketball, which is I, I think really you, catching on in a bigger way. Yeah, I, I think you never know for sure, and you don't want to. I mean, you're better safe than sorry, right? I mean, if you're going to have to staff it with more people and inside and outside the arena, you want to be sure. And they can now, like they know that people are coming to this game. She's been drawing, I think, like twelve to fourteen thousand people for all the games on the road, and so that now Ohio State's going to have that opportunity to to build uh, their home home court advantage for that game when Caitlin Clark comes to pays a visit. I am see something something's got to change here. There might be from your drop right there, there might be better ticket options if you go straight to the source because the secondhand sites right now ridiculous. It's like a $169 get in price. So I guess maybe that upper bowl is not opened up yet according to them from the secondhand sites. Because I'm not seeing any, you know, like twenty to forty dollar tickets. That's the Caitlin Clark. That's the deal there. That's the effect. It is. I mean, let's go sit in club level for two hundred fifty three dollars each. Yeah, these are. Whoa. Unless they're all gone now. Again, this came from Ohio State uh, at five twenty two p.m. Uh, with the link, and we can send that out if that'll help. But those were sixteen dollars plus fees. Uh, those would be up upper level general admission seating. So. That's coming from Ohio State. 
Uh, that's on their Ticketmaster site. I, I see them right now. There are still some available. Uh, you can grab uh, here those they right are. There. Yeah, here there there are some here. We could also there's some dude who has club level seats in section 207 row D. He's asking eight thousand nine hundred nineteen dollars a seat for him. I mean, you can How's ask. That sound? Right? Doesn't mean you're going to get it, but you can ask. What's wrong with people? You should go to jail for asking that much. <laughs> I couldn't agree for more. a ticket to a women's basketball game. And I love, I, I love women's basketball. It should be a higher price ticket if you got a great seat. But you should go to prison for asking nine thousand dollars for a club level seat. It's not even courtside. My feet better be touching. The boundary, if I'm going to spend that kind of money. Michael Jordan better come and give me a kiss on my face. on you. Yes, if I'm paying that much money for a basketball team. Timmy, if you're paying $9,000 to go to a regular season college basketball game, men or women, you and I have to have a different conversation about what we bet on the golf course. There isn't a Duke-North Carolina game. No, that you could get me to courtside. That's a nine grand. I just it's so funny to see what people ask for some of these tickets. Baker, what do we got here? Do we have to talk some Chip Kelly here? I think we do. You mentioned Ryan Day's buddy. Of course, that is Chip Kelly, future Big Ten coach Chip Kelly. And uh, he's questioning the whole structure the uh, world of college football has turned to here. He's saying that there should be just a single Power Five conference. Listen to this crazy man. What is the the biggest issue that you might have right now, whether it be realignment, NIL, transfer portal, and what would your, your plan maybe be to, to try to solve it? I think they're all a problem, and I think we need to have a conference commissioner. I think football should be separate from the other sports. Just the fact that our school is leaving to go to the Big Ten in football, our, our softball team should be playing Arizona in softball. Our basketball team should be playing Arizona in basketball. But because football left, and they're saying, well, how do you do that? Well, Notre Dame's independent in football, and they're in a conference and everything else. I think we should all be independent in football. And you can have a 64-team conference that's in the Power Five, and you can have a 64-team conference in the Group of Five. And we separate it, and we play each other. You can have the West Coast teams, and then every year we play seven games against the West Coast teams, and then we play the East. So we play Syracuse, Boston College, Pitt, West Virginia, Virginia. Then the next year you play against the South while you still play your seven teams. You can play a seven-game schedule. You can play four against another conference, another division opponent, and you can always play against one Mountain West team every year so that we can still keep those rivalries going. Not that I've really thought about this. Not that I've lot of spent the time on this. Listen to that son of a gun. Ryan Day's bud, Chip Kelly right there. Wouldn't this be something? Wouldn't this be something? And can you imagine all the Notre Dame fam playing the long con? Look at the rest of you joining our idea. We kept independence. Declare independence for the longest time. You want to get us back to the Big Ten? You want us to get us in the ACC? We'll give you a little five-game, cut you a deal right there. But no, uh uh-uh. You'll be doing us after 120 years or so goes by. Maybe it goes that way. It's interesting to hear him talk about that. He had a lot of thoughts about that, at least, for what they would do. He's right. I'm with him on the point of all the other sports teams in athletic departments it's going to be a lot of pod type scheduling now, I'm sure, to hit these ridiculously non geographical programs that are joining. Say, take the four West Coast teams now that are joining the Big Ten. Yeah. It's another idea that comes directly from the NFL and coaches who have been at that level and are used to, well, you're going to have expanded playoffs and buys and divisions and all those things. Like, 
guess what? If it works up there, it can work for college football. It's still going to be unwieldy, even if you cut it down to 64 teams or whatever. I mean, the number sometimes floats around. Some coaches will say, now oh, there's only 48, and then we'll branch off the rest. No, it's 64. Let's do this. We'll take a... Like they've been talking about it for years. Right. And we can all like speculate super conference. That's the way it's going to go. But yeah, 40 teams or whatever it is. You yeah. just every time. And this comes up to the stuff that we were just talking about in the segment before, Timmy, like with changing rules and employment. We're just not dealing with a sports league that is entirely separate from the academic mission of universities and colleges. At the end of the day, that's what they still are. Why is there a signing period in a transfer portal in December? Because they have to be good in classes in January. They don't just get to leave in February and pop to another school and be academically ineligible. So you think that there are a bunch of, I mean, I love Chip Kelly's idea. I'm not arguing against it. I'm just saying practically that presidents and boards of trustees across the country are going to say, well, no, that goes against our academic mission for you to just be a separate entity. You football team, you're not more special than the chemistry department. And we can all say, well, it's true. You're bringing more people. You're getting more applications. You're raising money. And all those things can be true, and it still wouldn't change it as much as it would be awesome. I had a I had a professor. I took one of those sports media classes. This was back in 2003, 2004, whenever that might have been. And we talked about this in a class. Like, we were all sharing ideas just about the money that was being infused into college sports and football and men's basketball his idea this professor of mine his idea he was a huge sports fan that's why he was teaching this class and had you know 25 years of sports tv experience and whatnot that's why he was teaching what he was teaching and he went a step further and he he wondered if it was going to get to a point where you had where school was optional where taking classes was optional and the teams were basically, they were associated with the university where they had the helmets, the brand. They played for the university. They played in their facilities and all that, but the academic part was optional. Like you wanted to go to college, you could, if you were there to be a professional and you were going to then go on to the National Football League, you could do that too. I mean, if we talk about what the contract's going to be, I mean, not everybody that's associated with Ohio State is a student. There are teachers. There are employees. There are plain employees, right? <laughs> My wife is a plain employee. She worked gone, at the hospital. They've gone pro for Ohio State. <laughs> she, went, she went professional, right? <laughs> she did not go to school at Ohio State. She worked for Ohio State, got a lot of checks from them over an eight-year period. It was just, you know, probably not. Probably not. It would That would be the toughest Band-Aid to rip off because of the commercials and Student athlete, but my God, I mean, student athlete, what a phrase, <laughs> what a phrase. We've all been brainwashed by that part. It's, Jerry Rice wants to stick with it. I think he's one of the guys. Yeah, he is. He sticks with it. I hate all this. I hate it all. It sucks. Isn't it doesn't silly? It's terrible. I, yeah. That's how I felt when, drives we were, me nuts. when we were talking about Oregon and Washington and like conference schedules and the way forward, like that games have become inventory for broadcast networks. Like that part's gross. Oh man. Like we haven't, I, I felt like. Once we got to August and like all that stuff was over, we didn't have to speculate about who was going where. I don't know why Chip Kelly has to talk about it after his bowl game and bring this back up. Like we're not done yet. We still got one more game to go for Ohio state and got the playoff. Like, and we're back talking about this business dollars and cents part. And it just, it, it stinks, man. I'll uh, another one. I'll throw this one to you, Ryan. Cause we got to run to get our, our fine guest on. 
I saw that uh, Joel Klatt was feeling terrible, was the quote, about something. He said he felt terrible for one college football quarterback in the transfer portal. And this is another thing that happens with where we are. You have Malik Murphy was the guy he's talking about. Big, uh, you know, big, huge, hulking, 6'5", 235-pound QB for Texas. A lot of people wanted in the transfer portal. The fact that he had to leave his team that is in a college football playoff and how he felt bad about it, but... I mean, this was kind of his opportunity. He didn't have. He didn't have, he didn't to. have to. Nobody made him, but he's got, you know, Arch Manning there. He's got Quinn Ewers. If you want to play, it's understandable. And this is the way that the sport is structured. If you're going to get one of your spots, that's going to be attractive to you to go. This is kind of the time where you have to go. I don't feel bad for any of it though, because this is what everyone wanted. This is what they all asked for. You can reap all the benefits. And he could have. He had the option to stay. If you go through the college football playoff, the window for you to enter the transfer portal is extended. Now, I, what you're saying is correct, Timmy. Like it's it's a game of musical chairs, and Oregon grabbed their guy already, and Notre Dame grabbed their guy. So, you know, the number of spots was limited. But somebody that Malik Murphy could have put his name in the transfer portal to be contacted, and Steve Sarkeesian could have said, and I believe did say, "You're welcome to stay with the team throughout, yeah, and talk about your other options yeah. and make plans." But you know, and this is what he did. Yeah. yeah, so I know I kind of get uh, maybe Joel's laying it on a little thick there. This is just the way the way things are going right now. Hey, one of the newest head coaches that I know of is going to join the show next to tell us about his path. A great Buckeye, Duran Grant. He's coming up next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. Buckeye Talk and the latest updates on Ryan Day's beard. You're listening to the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall, my man Austin Ward. You can check him out on the podcast. Also dotting the eyes, he is our Buckeye football expert here on the fan. He helps us out covering all the press conferences throughout the year and covering all the football games. I I was texting you just trying to get your schedule for what shows you could fill in on through the holidays here, and I'm asking this guy like, what's the uh, you know what's the travel for the bowl game? Like, can you can you do the 26? Because I know there there might have been a chance the game's not till the 29th. Maybe you get out there. I, I was figuring at least on the 27th you'd be wheels up and. Heading out there, you're like, no, no, I can't do it that day. I'm like, so are you going before Christmas? You're like, no, on Christmas Day. Yeah. No, <laughs> Christmas I, evening, you're flying out. That's how it goes. It, it's better. I mean, honestly, there have been worse situations than this one. And it's used to be the last time they were in the Cotton Bowl. In fact, I was there already uh, because there you have the Texas State High School Football Championships. It's a great weekend. And Matthew Baldwin and Garrett Wilson were playing in it. So the team arrived on the 23rd. Oh, and that's were, perfect. It was the same day or the next day. It's like I'm going down there and, and meeting, you know, with Matthew Baldwin and, and Garrett Wilson and doing some stories. Where'd they play those games? They play them at Jerry World. It's all at the same spot. So oh, okay. I basically, okay. basically just lived there for a week. And, you know, but they got there before Christmas. It was earlier that game. Again, the 2017 memories of that stuff, uh, you know, all coming back. Um, but, yeah, you, I was there, drove down and saw my – my family that lives in Texas, like that was okay. Spin it away from Allie. I can't do that anymore because I got to be around for Liberty and, and, how and far make sure from that Dal- Santa how gets How far her. from Dallas is the fam? Yeah, it was four hours. So I covered oh, the wow. game, like drove down to Houston, drove back up. Oh my goodness. Um, That's a lot. It was, but I, I wanted to be with some family. I didn't want to be alone. And I, I do keep that in mind for like thinking about this game and, and why, as you get closer to it, why it starts meaning more to the Buckeyes to win it and why they are, they push back about it being meaningless, about it being an exhibition like they have to get there on the 23rd. They're leaving at the end of the week. They're spending Christmas in Dallas at the Gaylord 
you know, and they treat the Cotton Bowl treats them great. They want them to feel like we know that this is not what you ideally want from Christmas. Like, but we're going to have a fancy dinner. Your families can be there. They're staying at the team hotel. Like, we want this to be special for you because it's not ideal playing a game on the 29th and traveling beforehand and playing a New York New Year's Six game, a top ten opponent. But this stuff, you know, so they the team will get there on the 23rd, but there's no actual media obligations for them until the 26th, 27th, 28th. So like. I can leave late on Christmas and get there. Don't have to worry about it. But then they're like, well, you got, it's early on the 26th, on the morning. Things are picking up. You want to see a practice? We haven't watched one since August. You better be there. It's like you can't skip that stuff, at least in my spot. So uh, it, it's, it can be worse, and it would have been probably if they had been in the Orange Bowl. We uh, were hunting down Duran Grant, so we weren't getting him right now. He is the new head coach at Akron St. Vincent St. Mary. That was pretty cool to see a Buckeye pop up with a new gig there. And he's one of Tyvis's close friends. So if I don't wind up getting him, I know how to find him by going through Tyvis. But back back to Tyvis is going to have to pay the cost for that. He will, yeah, he will. Yeah, he'll he'll take care of that. And Tyvis has his hands in a lot of different pots right so now. Dropping the bucket for Tyvis, no <laughs> doubt, man. I mean, get, getting that Cleveland Browns money. Woo. Shoot! You kidding me? The pregame and the postgame couldn't happen to a better guy either. He's boy bringing the energy this morning, got, right? Got the that juice, 1870 money, so to say. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but back to what you were saying, Austin, and working around the holidays, and I, I do think. That's where a lot of the uh, the mantra that you always hear over and over, and so many coaches use it. They do that faith family football thing, like that's what it is. You are accustomed to it in this game where you are playing around the Thanksgiving holiday, and then you're going to be playing around the Christmas holiday and the entire buildup in December when a lot of regular Americans are stacking up their PTO days, and some you know Fortune 500 companies have year end shutdowns where. You don't might not even have to take the PTO the last week of the year. You're just, you know, factory shuts down or whatever business kind of ceases until you pick up on January two, and then you start going. But I don't know for, for you, like doing the job, do you ever, do you ever get to a point where you look forward to retirement or <laughs> doing retirement. it, doing it in a different kind of way where you are all around it throughout the holidays? Well, you know, I, I think about the last time since we're rehashing the 2017 trip to the cotton bowl, and I did not have, you know, I don't, Liberty wasn't born yet. So that was different. I was like, it's, it wasn't cool to be away from my wife, but it was an opportunity to go down there and see, you know, my sister and nieces and my mom and dad, but that's not a thing that I could do anymore, you know? And so it's already changed for me. Like the, it used to be nonstop, every decision you're going to work. That's the bowl game. It's at the end of the year. It doesn't matter. I'm going to extend it. Go see Matthew Baldwin and Garrett Wilson. No problem. I'll work because football is almost over. But as we've talked about all the other changes in college football, it's 365 days a year. And as much as I love, love, love my job, you have to pick and choose. You can't do it that way. You can't say yes to every single assignment. I have too many other responsibilities that I have to take care of. And so you're a man, you're 40. I you have to in fact, 40, you have to be there for the family a little bit. And so there's, it doesn't work. And so there's some perspective for that. And also there's appreciation for what these these Buckeyes are sacrificing. And when I say, like, you know, I don't mean it as an insult that it's an exhibition and that they shouldn't be, like, criticized or roasted if they don't win the Cotton Bowl. Now, they want to win it, and there's things that are going to make it more difficult for them than otherwise, but, like, this is a big sacrifice, and it is one that they're willing to make. They make they have to do the same thing with Thanksgiving and make accommodations for that because they're 
most important regular season game is two days after that. I never want to lose sight of that, that those guys are the ones that are more directly impacted. It is not about me in any way, shape, or form. Well, look, and I want to cover it to the best of my ability. We make fun of all the other bowl games that go on and why not? Right. Cause it's fun. It's fun to do it. We're talking about a damn pop tarts bowl, right? <laughs> like that's what are we doing? But if that's my son playing on one of those teams, it's the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. You're talking about a bowl game. I don't care if it's the, you know, Boca del Boca Vista bowl with Frank Costanza. You got to beat him in a shuffleboard contest. Before why don't you can they play have the game. I don't those. care what it is. They should. I mean, it's, that's gotta be involved. You should get a Festivus tree in the gift suite. By the way, I'm waiting. I've been checking the internet every day to find SI or whoever usually does it where they compile the list of the gifts Mm. from all the bowls. It's one of my favorite articles every year. It's one of my December traditions. Haven't seen it yet for 2023. So Pete the Mel or whoever, get on that. Get on it. Hey, you know what these bowls should be doing if they want players to not opt out? Don't Great. give them five hundred dollar gift gifts. suites. Yeah, give them money. <laughs> give money, money, please. Well, they've had. I mean, this was their way of giving money. You know, for a while. But it, yeah, but it would. You give me a thousand dollars to Best Buy. I'm like, all right, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that beats getting zero. Yeah, but beats a sharp stick in the eye. When you're talking about the massive amounts of money, like the New Year's Six broadcast deal, and even these others, the the Boca del Boca Vista mm-hmm. Festivus <laughs> celebration that you're talking about. I mean, they're making deals directly with ESPN. Like, that's why those bowls exist. Again, it those goes to what Chip Kelly's talking about. Some of those bowls can't be making any money. Well, think about after it. After the TV deal. And think about it next year. Like, they're already hurting for attendance. Now, that's what it's about because ESPN is putting these games on every single day of December because people watch them and they gamble on them. So that keeps them in in operation. But next year, when you expand the playoffs, like, how is there going to be that same level of interest? I don't know. A bunch of Buckeyes are appearing very high on a certain list. Nothing beats a juicy list. That's next. Austin Ward is in. It's the Buckeye Show on the fam. Stickers on helmets make us happy. This is the Buckeye Show. It is Timmy Hall. It is Austin Ward. You can download the Buckeye Show podcast anywhere you get your audio. Do not forget to do that. We started off this show with a bang talking about the big news, which is Kyle McCord transferring to Syracuse. Still big news. I, I mean, I know he's not the Buckeye quarterback anymore, but I those are interesting stories to follow. Like mm-hmm. You track that all the way to the end, and you're going to track that when he's playing football there next year. You will have an uptick in Syracuse football for Columbus, Ohio, because faith, family, and football, great football fans here in Columbus. We're watching. We're watching everything. Voyeurs. Yes. And there will be endless. There already was comparisons between whatever happens at Ohio State at quarterback and whatever's happening for Kyle McCord. Oh, no doubt. Like, no doubt. Will be one of the most, I mean, because this, not because of what, you know, could happen, might have happened, should have happened. That won't, that doesn't matter anymore. But, this the only similar thing I can think of is when Joe Burrow, the first year down there at LSU, it's like ah well, kind of out of sight of out of, out of mind. They're not playing that well. His numbers weren't that great. Dwayne was a Heisman Trophy finalist. That didn't really matter. But Joe had not been a starter for Ohio State. He had been in a competition. He'd been competing as a backup with Dwayne Haskins, and they'd both been behind JT Barrett. This is a a different situation than Ohio State has dealt with. I mean, certainly in any time that I've covered it. 
but I don't know of any comparable situation like it. Uh, if, if you can think of one, certainly let me know. But a 12-1 and starting quarterback for Ohio State leaving, you know, of his own volition. Because he wasn't guaranteed the job. Because he wasn't guaranteed basically. a job, yeah. which is, you know, again. That's a, it's a new territory. Both both sides having a conversation and saying, well, maybe this isn't meant to be in the forward. And But this is someone who's only lost one game at Ohio State, and he was one play away potentially from winning that game, and he's going out on his own and leaving. Like, that just doesn't happen. Again, it's a new era of college football. Changes are coming fast and furious. I don't think it's probably going to be that common. Ohio State may not deal with it ever again. Hopefully they don't. I mean, it's it's not what you want to have, but the level of interest that there will be to watch what he does compared to, uh, you know, Devin Brown is the odds-on favorite at this point. You'd have to install him as that, and he's got that opportunity, certainly starting in the Cotton Bowl, to, to watch both and then see what happens I mean, it's going to be one of the most interesting subplots in college football, and we're not even in 2024 yet. Austin, I'm looking at a nice, juicy list. Mm. It's on The Athletic right now. Okay. It is the 2024 NFL Draft Consensus Big Board. Ooh. It's consensus, so it has to be true. Must be true. Yeah, this is exactly the way it's going to go down. I (laughs) I, I love how one of the dude's names is Austin Mock. Are you kidding me? Wow. Not Austin Mack, Austin Mock doing the mock draft. Did, and Deontay Lee is the other one that, that's uh, my pen name. Putting this together. Yeah. That's 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 for pretty close to what you are, man. <laughs> so who do you think the number one player on the entire board is? You know him. Pure talent. This has nothing to do with teams drafting for fit. Because the best player is Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the big board. Okay. This is not the this actually isn't the mock draft, so maybe Austin Mock has his name a little okay. bit wrong for this. <laughs> Should be Austin Board. Yeah. My, instead of oh, Austin Board. Now we're really we're gonna we, get confused. I'm gonna forget my own name in a second <laughs> if that's what we're gonna do. Boom. If, he does do mock drafts, by the way. He just this he's is a mocker. Their big board. I, I mock myself. Yeah. Marvin is the best player in football. If this is a legitimate talent based board, he should be number one. He is number one. And you go down the list a little bit. There's Caleb Williams, two, Drake May, three, Brock Bowers, four, Joe Alt, five, Olu Fashanu. As you get to some guys that the Buckeyes have seen quite a bit of, mm-hmm. he's at six. Dallas Turner, edge man for Bama, number seven, Kool Aid McKinstry. Oh, yeah. He is number eight. Then you get Latu Latu from UCLA. J.C. Latham from Alabama, their tackle, he is number 10. Then you get down here to number 14, and almost the way that the season started, even with the injuries, I was wondering, I wasn't sure how this was going to go, if he was going to keep that high stature the same way that Jackson Smith and Jigba did through the injuries, but at least by the athletics eyeballs, he's right up there, and there's a Buka at number 14 on a big board. That does not line up with the draft feedback that Emeka Buka is actually getting. Right. It's it's this is why he's in this position. I thinking about yeah, playing I in this football game and possibly a return as well. Yeah. It'd be great I, for Ohio State. And if I had to place a bet, he he would be at this point I expect that Emeka Buka will return. I don't he has not decided. I don't have any additional insight on that. Playing in the cotton bowl and the opportunity ahead of him and the draft feedback that I believe he has received does not suggest that he would be the 14th player taken. Again, if this is purely on talent, 
That's not a fit-based thing, but that has to be kept in mind when teams are weighing this decision and when players are making this decision because they used to make it way more complicated because they were sending out first-round grades to 75 players and second-round grades to 90 players. Well, guess what? There's still only 64 spots in the first two rounds. Just because some person thinks that you're 14th doesn't mean that the team drafting 14th or even 28th agrees with that or that they need a wide receiver. So this is not a knock in any way, shape, or form on Emeka Ibuka, who is one hell of a football player. And if Ohio State is lucky enough to get him for another year, they will do backflips. But I don't believe that there is a lot of information from scouts, general managers, NFL draft advisory board saying that Emeka, you are number 14. Everyone is going to be thinking about you as a first-round pick. I don't believe that's reality. There's four more Buckeyes. Four more Buckeyes in this top 50 big board here. I want to see if you know all of them. I want to see if you can get all the rest of these four. Well, I'm already surprised that... that 22 and 23. There's a couple Buckeyes ranked 22 and 23. I'm I'm really just taking for a loop there at 14. I I assume that JT Tuimoloau is... That's 22. ...is in the top 30 there. Mm -hmm. I would... I would think that Jack Sawyer needs to be somewhere in the Jack top Sawyer 60. is the guy checking in at 50. At 50. If they're basing it off of the production this year, uh, well, I can't skip Denzel Burke. He needs to be in Denzel the Burke is there at 23, right behind That's JT. I was, gonna, I, I was trying to go in order, so I think he's got to be there at 23. Uh, if you watch this year, uh, Tyleek Williams needs to be exactly, in the top but it's but it's the guy that was getting all the pub yeah, going call. into the and, season. And that's why. That's you, where you kind of look at the say, ah, okay. So when you're you trying were, to stick with what the preseason mocks were telling you, when you and that was my thought, Timmy. When you told me that, and we got to Omeka, my brain immediately said, "When was this updated?" And like today, I know, <laughs> right? But like, wh- what are they using to determine consensus? Like, how many? talent boards have been updated to this point in the middle of December because I don't that's not really lining up with the situation that at least in the Woody as these guys are going through their draft process and their options like that's not they dropped him four spots from whenever they did their last one they dropped a mecca four spots yeah, I, I mean, couldn't tell you what date because if I click this, I'm actually not logged in, and I feel <laughs> well, like I'm going to lose. I feel like I'm going to lose the the chart. Yeah, and, if and I again, click the back button, and I'm it, dead. The same thing applies like for my call. It doesn't. And any of these guys have earned and can justify the decision to go to the NFL draft. I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay their their stock because I'd love to see them play for Ohio State another year. Although I would, uh, but I, I'm just the conversations that are actually ongoing. Do not suggest like no brainer first round doubt, no doubt decisions for JT Tuimolau, Omeka Buka, or Denzel Burke. Their first one was done May 8th of this year. So, way back, right after spring football, they did their first one. But were there other ones done, or was it just that one? I think that was it. This That was the one they did. This is the first one they've done post regular oh, season. Wow. And they're okay. going to do a couple as they move forward here. Because in this one, I mean, it's the same. They've got. Well, this one actually, if if what they say is right, they actually dropped a mecca five spots because this says he was at number nine. That says nine, yeah. so they don't even know their own ranking. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. Okay, perfect. All uh, right. That is wild to me. And again, I, I only say this, and it's not to criticize the athletic or people who make big boards or mock drafts or any of that. 
it, it's a very complicated process, and expecting that anyone would be able to do it. Oh, I mean, or, and I, so it's not. You know what these are for? I do know what they're for. These are just, but they're they, just for fodder. It's just for fun, and they're they're really good players. So you're just sort of, but they don't throwing things up against the wall to an extent. The reason that I don't like them is because when so you had this in August, like six Buckeyes in the first round, like that's not gonna happen. Like even in the best case scenario. That would be in historic draft class. No, yeah. And then it, it no. gets into it. Well, it's happened this, twice. This guy is projected as a first rounder. He's not coming back. And as we've had this conversation, you get into December, it's like, well, suddenly, boy, this looks like a great class of Buckeyes that could be coming back. How can that be? They were all projected. It wasn't because they had bad seasons for Mecca, JT, Jack, Mike Hall, any of these guys. But it's incredibly hard to be a first round pick. And they, you, it's really misleading because it's easy to just put Ohio State players and their recruiting profiles into the first round. You know and what? It doesn't often match up. You know what? Big and juicy. And well, it was it juicy. really right. got you hot and bothered here today. Mission accomplished, <laughs> boys at Athletic. Gosh, you did it to me. Weren't you the former weren't you a former employee? No. Bill Landis was. Bill Landis, former athletic guy. Those Austins he got out, they'll though. do that to you. Those Austins, there's <laughs> too many of us. He's out. All right. <laughs> Chris Holtman had some thoughts on his radio show today about a big win over UCLA and the very best with the Bucks on the social fronts. Hashtag Buckeyes is next. It's the Buckeyes show on the fan. Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes. Sponsored by Green and Sons. Visit Green and Sons online at greenandsons.com. Timmy Hall and Austin Ward hanging out with you guys. By the way, my man, Ryan Baker, Mr. Menthol, he will take care of you guys tomorrow at 6 o'clock, so be sure to check that out. Another lovely edition of the Buckeye Show. And Ryan and Austin Ward, our Buckeye expert, will take care of you on Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. That's a big show. That's a big boy. You'll want to save that one. That's the signing day show. Signing day spectacular. Signing day spectacular with these two guys, maybe we'll maybe right we'll here. get Berm on. Maybe we'll get him on the horn. Talk about signing day. I think you're going to get Berm on. Like Austin's already planning the show out for us. This is beautiful. I can so, envision a 6:33 Berm. That's one segment done, Bake. I love it. Who's going to be the big fish? Who's going to be the one that kind of drives this class when it's all said and done? I know rankings are rankings, and you could pick the guy that's ranked number one. But I've seen who do you love. I've now this was seven on seven. It wasn't full pads, but I've watched jeremiah smith with my own eyes and he is a freak he's just like everybody says he's destined to be a legend i was skeptical tim we went down there it it was a seven on seven tournament in florida because you're not you're not that guy i'm not that guy i can tell people you're not you don't try to be that guy or it's like oh okay and i always underwear olympics like he's but how's he going to do with a defense and and i'm in the game Every year, I'm the wet blanket. We were talking about a segment over the summer. It's like, who's the true freshman that's going to make an impact? And I'm like, well, my stance is that they shouldn't because that means you haven't recruited well before. Like Old I'm, wins. I'm always yeah. the one who like disappoints in that. That's that's my MO. And I, I've embraced that, that I'm a curmudgeon in that way. But this guy, he's different. Well, he's special. I, I like to keep hearing that. And I, I like to keep hearing that he is going to get through this crazy process. Right and become an Ohio State Buckeye. You have a tweet, uh, by the way, Jackson Smith and, and Jigba, just an insane drip. It's insane. I mean, go uh, go check out at Ohio State FB. 
They just they just put on top of it Jackson drip Ooh. with the icy cold face emoji for the white death outside right now tonight. Primetime JSN hashtag Pro Bowl vote. They're saying I don't know about that, but he's he's turned it on. He's absolutely turned it on. He's a going to be a great player like we all expected. That one handed catch a couple weeks ago, unbelievable, sick, unbelievable. So what do we have? Hashtag Buckeyes. Well, this is this is adjacent former Ohio State commit Dylan Rayola. We talked about him. And the moving dominoes. I've never, ever seen a commitment graphic like this. What do you got? What do you got? What do you do? Dylan Rayola. How long's a tweet? Uh, 20 minutes? It's fresh. Yeah, fresh. It's hot off the digital press. My man uh, wrote a poem. Or he's posted a poem. I don't know if he wrote it himself. A haiku? Should I read it? A-B-A-B, one, two, one, two. It's one, two, one, two. It starts like this. And I've never... It's in the first person. In the realm of college dreams, where purpose takes flight, enter Dylan Rayola, crafting his narrative in the night. Once lured by Georgia, where powerhouse glory gleamed, yet Nebraska's purpose in his heart brightly beamed. In the scarlet and cream, where legacies entwine, Dylan, like Rogers, Rozier, and Crouch, a hero in the line, no longer a cog in some powerhouse machine, but a quarterback. With an even grander ambition unseen. Uh, so fellow fans await with hope in the air for Dylan to choose his purpose to declare in a weekend's decision. Destiny calls to fulfill his purpose where a new dynasty enthralls. Uh, well, good luck with all that. That's a lot to go nine and three. What the hell? You sound insane. Do you realize that? What was that? This guy, this is not my kind of guy. Good ne- riddance. <laughs> I, never I just, in my I life. Said, I just said in the show, I've never, never say that about these youngsters. <laughs> bad, Tim, bad. Uh, I mean, g- hey, if the, I didn't know that that was one of his passions and hobbies. And if, if so, like great for him, but that ain't for me. Time for Chris Holtman. Great win for the Buckeye men's basketball team to grit one out when you couldn't make a shot from the outside. That first half of that Ohio State UCLA game, whoa. I mean, <laughs> whoa. But hey, you just you're at a point now where you're trying to get to the new, get to the new year. It's just win, baby. And Chris Holtman on his radio show today had a little bit uh of insight and what he told the guys when those threes weren't falling and what they had to keep doing. Just take the right ones and then trust it. And ironically, the one we made was off of a busted play. We had really good execution in the other ones, but the one the one we made was off a complete busted play, and that happens sometimes. Players just step up and make plays, and Jamison did that. But our key was, you know, I did think we said to Bruce, hey, Bruce, maybe let's find your spots because you're able to find your spots. I believe Jake might have said that to him on the bench. He did, too, and you're going to just naturally say that he was pressing because it was the homecoming game. It might not have been that. It might have just been shots weren't falling. It it can happen, and he turned it on the second half, and he is, like the way he put it, he is a spot finder. He can shuck the guy off his hip. He can go right, left, just feel the guy there, backstep, hit that 10, 15-foot jump shot, lethal. It was great to see Battle hit that one finally at the end. It was a big shot. They gave him a six-point lead, and they could seal the victory, so you move on now. Had to have it. A big win. Uh, a future conference win, I suppose. But uh, one that Chris Holtman can play in a flag. And 
You need to carry that in. We've seen this a lot before in November and December, Ohio State building momentum, claiming some some key wins that will look good for the metrics in March, but you have to carry that into the Big Ten slate now. Austin Ward, good to be with you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yep, he'll be back on Wednesday. Ryan will have you tomorrow at 6 as well. Monday night football, Eagles at the Seahawks. It is next on The Fan.